everybody, we are here. Thank you for joining me today, New Hope Radio. Also, the Hope Club Podcast. Don't want to miss out on that one either. Going to begin a three-part series today. It's really important. You know why it's so important? Because it really does affect everybody. Every person that was ever born will experience our topic today. And you know what's interesting? Even though everybody will experience it, many people will live as if they never will. (laughs) Go figure, right? Something's really going to happen. And people live as if, ah, it's not going to happen. But you know what? If, they, if you ask them if it was going to happen, they would say, yeah, it is going to happen. But they do nothing to get ready for it. Like a birth. Death is something that needs to be prepared for. This series is entitled, Life After Death. That's thinking music, right? That that's the that's the part where we think about, oh, what did he just say? <laughs> Life after death. Think about it. Before a baby is born, right? Many things are made ready, right? We know that. A lot of preparation. Um, a room is prepared. Clothes are bought, right? Pink or blue. Boy or girl. Got to get ready. Necessary articles are um, collected, right? Diapers, uh, bottles. You know, they have a baby shower and people bring all kinds of things, right? Baby wipes. Can't forget the wipes. Then one day or night, the baby leaves the womb and enters the world. Now, death is very similar to that. In preparation for death... We also need to prepare a place. Just like that room is prepared to receive the newborn baby, we have to prepare our place, here it comes, for eternity. And clothing. You have to get clothing for the baby, right? Well, what are we going to wear? Well, as God's people, we're going to wear a robe of righteousness. So you have to prepare for that. Now, if you don't belong to God, uh uh-oh. I'd highly recommend that you get with God. (laughs) I'd highly recommend that you get with God. Oh, yeah. Okay? So, we'll have a robe of righteousness. We have to take care of business, so to speak, right? Again, because, you see, the subject of death affects everybody. And that's why it's so important. I'm going to spend a few days helping people to get prepared for it. Okay? Because death requires two things. Number one. It requires understanding or knowledge, right? We have to learn what is death. We have to learn about that. And we have to learn why. Do you ever wonder why do people die? Why don't we live forever? Or why don't we live to be a thousand or a million? Why do we die? Well, there's a reason for that. So we need knowledge about death. And secondly, there should be, as I said, preparation. You've got to prepare 
for your death. This topic is so important. You know why? Because once you enter into eternity after death, it's forever. It's forever. Death enters us into the eternal state. When we get there, nothing changes. Whatever aspect of eternity you you arrive at, you're there forever. That's why this is so important. And if you arrive at at a destiny where God is, that's beautiful. You're there forever. But if you arrive at a destiny where there is no God, where you are alienated from God, that's forever too. And that's not a good thing. So let's begin. What is death? The word death means separation. It does not mean cessation. Death is not an ending. That's what a lot of people have been led to believe. You know, how many people have said, hey, when you're dead, you're dead? Well, yes and no. Death is not the ending of something. Death is just a separation from something. That's all it is. All people die. That's why this is important. What did Paul say in Romans 5.12? He said, therefore, just as through one man sin into the world, and then what happened? Death through sin. And so death spread to all men because all sinned. That simply means that we die because there's sin in the world. Now, death, believe it or not, is a good thing in the sense that from death, we can be redeemed back to God. That's the positive side. Okay? But through Adam, all people sin. Now, the word death here is the word thanatos, and it means separation. Yes, it's translated death, but it means separation. It's the separation of the soul and the spirit from the body. Okay? So, when the heart stops beating and the lungs stop breathing, the body lies down, and the soul and the spirit depart. How did this come to be? Was this God's intention that people would die this way? Well, that's why we go back to the book of Origins. And in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, we have the origin of death. This is why people die. And by the way, if, if you don't use the Bible as a reference, let me ask you, what do you use? Your own opinion? What's that worth? So I'd rather use the Word of God that never lies as a basis for what I believe. So in Genesis 2.15, Then the Lord God, He took the man, put him into the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely. But from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, no, 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 you shall not eat. From the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. Now, that little phrase, surely die, it's really the repetition of the same Hebrew word, muth, muth. And it really means dying, you shall die. That began the process of physical death and also spiritual death. And what is spiritual death but separation from God? You see, death is separation, right? So in physical death, the soul and the spirit are separated from the body. In spiritual death, 
the soul and the spirit are separated from God. Okay? And why did that happen? Because they took the forbidden fruit. They realized their nakedness, they hid from God, and God pronounced the curse upon Adam. By the sweat of your face you will eat bread till you return to the ground, because from it you were taken, for you are dust. The word dust, it really means clay. Adam was made from clay. And to dust you shall return. So this is a reference to the body only that was made from the ground. The soul and the spirit, no. Adam came alive when God breathed into him his very own breath. So God, Jesus Christ, really, the pre-incarnate Christ, got a hunk of clay from the ground, shaped Adam into a man, breathed his breath breath into him. And that's why it says, the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Now, the word life is the Hebrew word kayem. And there's an M at the end, which is the Hebrew plural. So Christ breathed into Adam two lives, a spiritual life and a physical life. That's why it's the spiritual life, oh, here it comes, that lives forever. There's no getting away from it. The life that God breathed into Adam, spiritual life, will never end. It's not going to end. Yes, the physical life will end, but the spiritual life will never end. So these born from Adam and Eve, that's all of us, we're all born with a sin nature, which means we are spiritually separated from God or spiritually dead, okay? We're thanatos, separated from God. This is why Jesus said we need to be born again. And isn't it something how people have taken that phrase and they've misunderstood it and misapplied it and confused it? And it's the simplest thing. It simply means that before salvation, I was spiritually dead. But when I accepted Christ as Savior, I was born alive, reborn, born again. And the Spirit revived inside of me. And now I'm restored back to God. That's what salvation is. It's being restored back to God. And who needs that? Everybody. Why? Because we're all born with a sin nature, which means we're all separated from God. And it's through being born again, through faith in Christ, that we are restored back to God. So Paul says, This is a condition from birth. We're born this way. People don't go to hell because they're bad. They go to hell because they're born. And that's why we need to be born from above. We need a spiritual birth to restore us back to God. Paul wrote to the Greeks in Ephesus, and he said that you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Now, they weren't physically dead. They were spiritually dead, separated from God. You were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world. Okay? So he's saying, listen, this is where you were 
before you accepted Christ as your Savior. You were thanatos, separated from God, spiritually dead. Okay? So, remember now, physical death, spirit and soul, separated from the body. Spiritual death, spirit and soul, separated from God. If you die in that condition, that's it for all of eternity. That's why we have preachers of the gospel, to let people know what Jesus said, you must be born again. And as Paul writes to these believers in the Ephesian church, he said to them, you formerly walked according to this world. See, when they were spiritually dead, they followed the way of the world. He said, even when we were dead in our transgressions, we were made alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. We have been made alive through Christ. That word alive, it means to reanimate or to quicken. So we were made alive together with Christ. Christ is alive, yeah. We became alive in him, through him, and with him. Okay? But wait. This is not just for the Ephesians. This is for all people. That's why the gospel is good news. No one's left out. No. We're all invited. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 22, just as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. What does that mean? That in Adam, in our natural birth, we are in a an unregenerate state. But through faith, when we're in Christ, we now enter into a redemptive state. We've been redeemed. We've been brought back, and now we belong to God. And we're in a relationship with God. That's where we spend all of eternity. And see, people, people need to understand, because of the sin nature that's in every person, we die. This is why we die. We die so we can be redeemed, so we can live eternally with God. And then we're also in that state, separated from God, and that's, that's why we need a Savior. That's all. It's that simple. You don't need a Savior if you're perfect, but here's the thing. Huh, no one is. There are actually people on the earth that think, maybe you're one of them, I don't know. I'll bet you know somebody. You think you're good enough. You think you're good enough, and your goodness has restored you back to a relationship with God. I'm here to tell you, the only way anyone can be restored back to God is through Christ. Because Christ was the only one that was good enough. Because he was perfect. You have to be perfect. And no one is. Jesus was not born with a sin nature. So he was never separated from God. That's why the virgin birth. His mother bore him, Mary, but the Holy Spirit conceived him. So he didn't have a holy, I mean a natural father, so he had no sin nature. And then he kept himself perfect for 33 years. And then he was that sacrifice that went to the cross, the lamb without spot, 
without blemish. And he atoned for the sins of the world, that those that believe in him will never perish, but have everlasting life. Boom. There it is. I mean, come on. It cannot get any simpler. What stops people from from attaining that? Pride. That's all. Pride is the biggest enemy because it stops us from thinking and it makes us think we're all that and we've got it together and we're good enough. No, humility says, you know what? I'm not perfect. Humility says, I got issues. Humility says, I need a savior. And Jesus Christ is that savior. So in Romans 6.23, Paul introduces two deaths. He says, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God, see, there it is. It's a free gift. The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So the wages, what does that mean? Payment. Wages is that which is earned, that which we deserve, right? You go to work all week, at the end of the week, you expect to get paid for what you did. You deserve it. Well, the wages of sin is a payment, death. Yes, when you live, when we have a sin nature and we live in sin, the wages we earned is death, separation from God. So there's an ultimate and there's an eternal separation. The ultimate separation is I have no re- no relationship with God. And then the eternal separation is, man, it's going to go on forever. So you have a sense of a broken relationship with God. So that's that's the wages of sin. And let me tell you something. Nobody escapes that. We've all, I myself, have suffered the wages of sin. But I know one thing. I've been redeemed. I've been restored. And I've been brought back to God through faith in Christ. That's what it took. And I put my faith in Christ and acknowledged him as my Savior, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one gets to the Father but through him. And bango, I am now in a restored relationship with God. And that is so important. Because like Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 12.7, he said, and Solomon was a pretty wise man. The dust will return to the earth as it was. And the Spirit will return to God who gave it. Now, he's talking about mankind. The Spirit is not returning to heaven. Only those who are saved will be returned to heaven. But the Spirit of all people is returned to God. And then God will determine, here it comes, the eternal destiny of each person based on what they did with Jesus Christ. That's the determination. What did you do with Christ? Did you embrace him and accept him as your Lord and Savior? Then you have an eternal destiny with God. But if you rejected it and maybe replaced him with something else, something you could do, well, then you have not been restored to a relationship with God, and it's been determined that you will spend an eternity alienated from God. Sadly, in a place created for the devil and his angels, the lake that burns with eternal fire. And that's why Jesus died, so no one has to go there. We go there because we choose to go there. 
We go there because we reject the way out. That's why. The way out is Christ. And when we reject the way out, then we're stuck. In Luke chapter 8, a man named Jairus came to Jesus. His 12-year-old daughter was dying. When Jesus got to the house, the child had already died. Jesus took her by the hand, and he said, Child, arise. And you know what happened? Her spirit returned, and she got up immediately, and he gave orders to give her something to eat. Her spirit revived, came back, came back to her body. Only only Jesus could do that. When David's two-year-old child died in 2 Samuel 12, David said, Now my child has died. Why should I fast any longer? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him, but he will not return to me. And what is David saying? He's saying, my child is gone. But my child, because he's a child, he was only under two years old, he went to heaven. And David said, he's not coming back to me but I'm going to go to him. Because David had faith. And David is right now in heaven with that child. You see what faith does? Faith changes our eternal destiny from damnation to blessing. That's what it does. That's why for the believer, for the believer in Christ, there is no eternal separation from God. What does it take to be a believer? Humility that leads to faith. That's it. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 6, Therefore, being always of good courage, and knowing that we are while we are at home in the body, in other words, while we're alive here on the earth, we are absent from the Lord. When we're in our body, we're absent from the Lord in heaven. So now we walk by faith, not by sight. But we are of good courage. We prefer to rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. So what's he saying? I know when I leave my body, my soul and my spirit, they're going up to be with the Lord. See, there is no fear in death for the believer. There's no fear. Oh, for those that don't know Christ, man, death is scary. They don't know. Either they don't know what's on the other side or they don't care. But either way, it's not good. But for the one that put their hope in Christ, there is a welcoming committee waiting for you in eternity. So right now, as I speak, the soul and the spirit are at home in the body. Right? We're trichotomous. We have a, a soul. We have a body. We have a human spirit. At physical death, they separate from the body. For the believer, the soul and the spirit go to be with God because the Holy Spirit has energized that human spirit. That human spirit was dormant through sin. And the Holy Spirit through being, here it comes, born again, energize that spirit. 
And that person's soul and spirit goes to heaven. And we remain alive with God. But where there has not been a born-again experience, because the Holy Spirit has not regenerated that person, they're still dead to God. And they don't have what it takes to live with God, so they're banished for all of eternity. You know how long that lasts? Forever. Forever and ever and ever. You know, some believe in annihilation, that after a period of time you're gone. There is no annihilation. Why? Because like I said, you have the breath of God inside of you. Jesus breathed into Adam his breath, and his breath is eternal. Your soul and my soul will certainly live forever. It's up to us to decide where that forever will be. And that's the value of the church. The church's responsibility is to preach the good news. It's to preach the gospel and to let people know exactly what I'm talking about today. To let people to know that we're all born alienated from God, but there's hope in Christ. And that hope is a promise of restoration back to God the moment that we put our faith in Him as our Savior. That's the thing. He atoned for the sins we committed. So when we put our faith in Him, the payment is made, our spirit is regenerated, and we're placed back in union with Jesus Christ. How can I make it any simpler? I don't know. I don't think I can. If you don't get that, I don't know what to say. But if you do get it, rejoice. Rejoice. You know why? Because you have the assurance of heaven. God has given you the Holy Spirit as a pledge, as a down payment of heaven. You have a little of it now, and one day, you're going to get the whole thing. Next time we're together, we're going to see, oh, what Jesus said about dying. The words of the Lord himself. What did he say about dying? You think there's a benefit there? I think so. Come on, let's get this message out there into the Hope Club podcast. All over the world, go to newhoperadio.live, click the menu bar, read all about it, join the Hope Club. You know, we're in 37 countries with our podcast and uh, lots of people getting on board. Join the Hope Club. Let's let people know that there's hope in Christ. Christ.